You are listening to Master Coaching with Ajit, a podcast that inspires coaches to impact lives of their clients more meaningfully. I am Coach Ajit, and I'm known for coaching high performers, entrepreneurs, and leaders. I'm also a serial entrepreneur and author of many books. On this podcast, I am answering your burning questions. I'm also demonstrating and deconstructing behind-the-scenes coaching sessions. So you are my first ever Tantra teacher as a guest, which is exciting for me because it has been one of my studies, but I've never really talked about it. Mm. Definitely not on the podcast. Actually, I think I don't think I've talked about it ever anywhere. Tell us a little bit more for the people who are listening to it and they know Tantra, but they know a little bit about it. They don't really understand what that is or what would be an easy to understand Mm. definition of what Tantra even is. Tantra is the original biohacking. A bunch of people sat around figuring out their body. Mm-hmm. 114 ways to meditate and just a few of them, tiny of them, are sexually based. And if everyone does these meditations, you will start to feel more. You will start to liberate yourself from the shackles of society. You'll overcome your mummy-daddy issues because that's the first conditionings you get. Then you'll overcome the conditionings from the town you grew up in, the country you grew up in. I had a thing called British politeness. So every country has some kind of conditioning. Then there's the overall universal conditioning. This basically allows you for you to become yourself. If we're in assimilation, the ultimate aim of a game is for you to become yourself. And when you meet these beautiful tantric people, they have something that a lot of people don't. I always say the ultimate price of freedom is judgment. They're judgment-free. They seem to be a lot more relaxed, a lot more fun, a lot more themselves. So Tantra is a path of liberation, expansion, and three very simple tools, breath, sound, and movement, for you to come into your body and release the tensions, traumas, and the stories from the body. Mm -hmm. We have these animal bodies, when animals get traumatized, injured, or anything like that, they just shake it out, and then they just crack on with their life. Mm-hmm. You notice this with dogs, they're always shaking. A gazelle, when it's running through the African plain, gets captured by a lion. If it breaks free, it'll run off, find a place on the earth, shake, and then it'll carry on with its life. It won't need talking therapy. Mm-hmm. They just have an intelligence inside of their body that allows them to become free. That's what Tantra is. I'm fascinated with your backstory. I'm fascinated how you got to where you are at today. And I think a lot of individuals, especially in my community, tend to be oddballs like you, like I am. Like tend to be misfits. Finally. Yeah. Tend to be misfits, tend to be people that find it interesting that it's hard for people around us to accept us straight away. It takes a little hot minute. So tell a little bit about yourself. I come from a very strict, devout Muslim family. My dad even does the call to prayer. And I'm British born. And my blueprint for myself was meant to be working at my dad's Indian restaurant or becoming doctor, becoming lawyer. If not, you <laughs> fail. And if you don't have children, get married, get married, get married. <laughs> so it was a, a lot of pressure, let's say. And I was just really good with my hands. So I was born an artist. I am 
art and the artist, I just was really good at making pretty pictures. And obviously you can't monetize that. And I've always wanted to be a stay-at-home dad, looking after children, doing paintings. That was my vision for myself. Didn't work out. I then found out about graphic design and I always wanted to do music videos. And the only way to get out of the family business, the Indian restaurant, was to get educated. So I was very smart. I was like, okay, cool. I was also a wild child. I was crazy. I had a lot of energy. I didn't know what to do with it. And eventually I found a thing called weed. And instead of going to prison with all my friends who were joyriding and breaking into houses because I had all this energy, what do I do with it? Let's go wild, let's do this, let's do that. I started smoking weed and listening to Oasis. (laughs) (laughs) And I started writing poetry and started getting really into art. And one of my teachers, Mr. Pierce, he said he used to go camping with David Bowie and Elvis Costello and they used to do graphic design. I was like, I want that. Mm-hmm. And that one little sentence changed the course of my life. I was like, oh, graphic design, that's an option. So I got to university, did the university thing, came out more stupid than I have ever been. And I was like, right, what do I do now? And then I just went traveling. And during this time, I started directing music videos, got some stuff onto MTV Bass, and I was like, oh, this is really fun. And I was about to get married to a white woman. And my parents at the time were like, okay, we're just going to go to Bangladesh. The wedding's going to get arranged and we'll be back in three weeks. They actually just arrived now. (laughs) They've been away for a really long time. Like, that was in 2004. (laughs) (laughs) That's 20 years now. 20 years. Three weeks in 20 years. Yeah, the wedding didn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's when my abandonment issues really happened. So yeah, I basically became a graphic designer, art director, I used this very powerful mantra. The the wedding didn't happen. She had sex with my best friend and then I took her back. And then I caught her in bed with another guy. And then the mantra appeared to me by the grace of the gods on the underground inner tube when I was hysterically crying, which was a uh, success is the best form of revenge. And I was like, right, guys, this is what I'm going to do. And within two years of being homeless, jobless and suicidal in London, this is back in 2004 still, I bought a house and that fuel really fired me up and that became a bit of a pattern. I had a lot of people saying, Shaft, you can't do that. Nope, you're dreaming too big. And everyone would just shut me down. I was always the one that wanted more. And I succeeded and did very well in a thing called the rat race without the, I mean, I bought a couple of houses in the end. I went up the salary ladder and became very successful art director in advertising, I couldn't get any higher where I was. And then at the top of that rat race, you burn out. That's how you win that race. And then I found the enlightenment race. Mm. And using that overachieving mentality and uh, perfectionist mentality, I was like, oh, I found a thing called yoni massage and tantra and sex magic. I'll be the world's best at that. And then a few years later, Vice did a documentary on me called 10 Questions You Wanted to Ask a Tantric Sex Guru. And the rest is digital history. So how is it that somebody who is an art director in an advertising firm, I imagine, goes into saying, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to Tantra. Because that's not the first it's not thing the, you do that no. in personal development. You probably lean into meditation or something a well, little two, bit lighter, if I may call 2014, it that. 2014, <laughs> it wasn't cool. Meditation was just boring. Being vegan is like... They were the weird ones. And yoga was just stretching. So, And tantra was full of just old people. It mm-hmm. was Nothing was sexy, nothing was cool. Mm-hmm. So what happened to me was, I used to go to a thing called Burning Man. 
And whatever I do, I get really good at it. Mm-hmm. So I got really good at Burning Man. So I would go to all the burns all around the world. And the first documentary was actually about me being a unicorn and bringing that Burning Man mentality into everyday life. Why wait one year to be yourself for one week? I wanted to be myself all day, every day. So mm-hmm. that version of Shaft or Din was a thing called The Fabulous of Unicorns. Mm-hmm. And I created this whole global movement. So from there, I was already a little bit weird. I used mm-hmm. to identify myself as a, a lesbian blessed in a unicorn's body. So uh, again, just a little bit odd. I really don't fit in anywhere. And during one of the burns, I used to work at a, a camp called Bubbles and Bass. Every morning they serve ice oh, cold champagne. Bubbles and Bass. Bubbles, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's like of, every party ends in Bubbles and Bass. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when my day begins. Yeah. So I'm the house unicorn. I'm giving ice cold champagne and the sun's rising and all the coolest, amazing people are there. And I'm like everyone's spirit animal. And I'm also at this point a drug addict and an alcoholic, 2014. But that year, for some strange reason, I'm drinking and I'm not getting drunk. I'm drinking, I'm not getting drunk. I'm like, guys, that fuel, my very simple system of like getting shit-faced, making out, collecting all the hot people and going across the playa for the whole day is not working. And I just couldn't get drunk for the whole thing. And I was really worried because when you have unlimited confidence and power and everyone loves you because you're the most fun person, then you're not drinking. It's like, okay, this might be a problem, guys. (laughs) And it was. It was one of the biggest problems. And I went back to London and I couldn't function properly. The whole lifestyle and system that I built for myself was built on being an addict. Like there was no other way to deal with these emotions that I had. It was like smoking, drinking, taking drugs. It's something to disconnect in order for me to connect with other people and myself. I didn't know that that was a crutch. I just thought this was normal life. London, it's booze Britain, binge drinking. Like you don't really go out and drink a coffee. That wasn't a thing in my reality. So that's the catalyst. And when I stopped drinking and stopped taking drugs and stopped putting things into my face... I started hearing voices. I started seeing things when I would make love to some of my lovers at the time from Burning Man. And this was weird because when you're making love and you tense inside of someone and you start seeing all this uh, electricity flying through their body and they all turn blue and then these giant angel wings burst out their back, you're like, yeah, there's something happened earlier when we were making love. I was tensed inside of you. And she's like, oh my God, I felt this energy flowing through me and it burst out my back. I was like, yeah, because that's what I saw. And then I would go to Sweden to visit one of my lovers from Borderland, which is Scandinavian Burning Man. And then I would start seeing electricity coming out of, like rainbows coming out of the palm of my hands. And she would say after a little bit of sharing at the end was, I started seeing these rainbow colors. I'm like, okay, something's going on here. And I need to find out what it is. Internet, what's going on? And a lot of people said, I was on Facebook, a lot of people said it's uh, your shaman body, your light body, uh, all these uh, cool things were happening to you. And I was like, I sound like I'm becoming a superhero. (laughs) And I'm a geek. Uh, Like I was brought up on Star Wars, Star Trek, New Scientist and um, X-Men. So I was like, I'm getting superhuman abilities. This sounds great. I also had a lot of other friends going through the same thing back in 2014, October time. I think there's some kind of mass awakening happening then. These friends, 
they went to their closest friends and their family and they were very worried. It's like, you're hearing voices, you need to go to the doctor. So they went to the doctor and they were given pills and some of them got sectioned. I had very unusual friends and they gave me another possibility. And I could have gone that way. I went to therapy because, you know, everyone, I thought I was going crazy. And it made me want to take more drugs. And mm. then eventually I met a little fairy woman. I was a unicorn, she was a fairy and she was a therapist. And I was like, I think you're going to understand me better. I got all these problems. And she was like, ah, sounds like Tantra. Oh, it sounds like you're having a heartgasm. I'm like, what are these options? Mm-hmm. And that's where the rabbit hole took me down. The word tantra kept on popping up over and over again. Mm-hmm. But I met these very amazing women who I would connect with at the burns, like just the last remnants of the burns. And they were beautiful, hot, and they would move in these mysterious flowing ways. And I'm like, how can we like dance like me? And they were like, oh, we do a thing called Tantra. We're Dakinis, we're priestesses. I'm like, this word's come up again. And mm-hmm. our bodies would connect. And they, when we connect, were very agile, very virile, very powerful. But when I looked in their eyes, I thought they were 35, but I was like, how old are you? And they were like, I am 60 years old. I'm a great grandmother. I'm like, hang on, what have you been doing? Tantra. I'm like... Mm. These people have clearly found the fountain of youth and I want what they got. When I discovered Tantra, there was all these people that kept on popping up on the internet. Mm -hmm. And I would go from Tantra Festival to Tantra Festival. I swapped Burning Man, which was a great festival, to something a little bit more sustainable, sober and conscious. But also there's all these tantric rock stars, Mm -hmm. uh, the gurus. And that's when I went down a rabbit hole. I was like, okay, these people are amazing, fun, and they're teaching incredible tools and technologies. When you spend seven years going to every single Tantra festival and eventually teaching at them, well, I started teaching at them straight away, you realize everything's the same. Mm -hmm. And now I'm in this new world of Mind Valley, AFES, and things like that. I'm like, that's Tantra, that's Tantra. Hang on, that's Tantra. Then I hear Tony Robbins talking about, everyone take a deep breath in when he's doing his big audiences and let out a big orgasm. I'm like, that's what I do. So everything is essentially Tantra. Mm -hmm. Only 5% is sex-based. That's what I teach. (laughs) (laughs) You work on the, the lower chakras and work your way up. If it's a computer game, I like to start here, work up here and reach there. And... The sex part is a really good, fun part. I love love. I love relationships. I love being in relationships, committed, long-term, intimate relationships. It fuels me. It makes me feel alive. I love romance. So I found my biggest challenge was relationships. The whole best friend situation with my fiance, it messes you up. But when I found this, I was like, oh, I'm able to be in incredible relationships where I'm able to speak without any restrictions. I'm able to tell my truth fully. There's no monkey mind or inner critic telling me, oh, you shouldn't say that. That's an assumption. I'm like able to be myself as fully and as relaxed as I can. And because of that, I have incredible relationships. And I saw one of your reels the other day about hugging your partner. Like that was beautiful. I was like, that's what we do. It's just a somatic connection. It's all about regulating and relaxing your nervous system by yourself, but if you have friends and people around, you could relax with people. 
And then I was like, if I could relax, be myself, I'm a dancer, I do martial arts, I do all this embodied stuff, what else is possible with my body? And what else is possible with my body with one person, three people, five people? And then I created this whole school and structure and academy around how to be a sacred sexual Jedi. Mm-hmm. So I found all these ways to connect with people in a nonverbal space, utilizing the body and helping each other relax, but also reach higher states of consciousness through breath, sound and movement. Beautiful. So for somebody, and my first exposure to Tantra was with one of my friends, Sam Sidora. She's passed now, but mm. she's a phenomenal teacher. She was the one who taught me Tantra the first time or exposed me to the world of Tantra the first time. And then it was in the sexual container first. And then I learned a lot more about it. And I realized all the learnings that I've had of Osho, which was my real first exposure to personal growth, it's all Tantra as well. It's, it's the non-sexual part. It's the 95%. Yeah. And I'm sure he had the 5% also in there, but that was only exposed to me once I, I became really good friends with Sam and she introduced me to a lot of her work and mm. work of her friends and so, so on and so forth. And with all that exposure, what I learned, and I'm still on that journey. I don't think I'm fully comfortable with myself. I think I'm still getting there, especially with my presence, my availability of my presence. But what I learned slowly and I still practice that or as much as I can practice is the more I unlock that version of me, unlock more parts of me as I get comfortable with it, which I think is the most difficult part for Mm. me. It's not that intellectually I don't understand. Intellectually I understand and I also feel that it is powerful, like intellectually and also emotionally I feel like how powerful it can be like I was saying on a video about hugging your partner but that's basically hugging anyone not just Mm, your partner it was the context was if you're fighting with your partner all the time try hugging for five minutes before you even talk to each other Mm. not even five minutes like 30 seconds and you'll find that the frequency of fights reduce dramatically for that matter the frequency of fights are higher when you're not having sex with your partner or when Mm. you're not hugging your partner you're not touching your partner like there's no touch involved means you'll fight more 100% I've seen it again again Mm. again not only in my relationships but relationships relationships with people that often argue and often fight mm. is like, hey, have you tried this simple thing called touch <laughs> that you did all the time when you started dating or when you were yeah, first married? Exactly. Then you, you were just doing got a little bit it all more. the time. I'm not busy now. No, uh, yeah. And then it became like, if you touch, it must be for sex. It's like, yeah. no, you can touch. <laughs> you don't have to have sex. Mm. Like you can just touch, you can just hug. And that already is so much better. And then yes, you can have sex if that yeah. is what is the moment, like, you know, if that's the moment for it. If not, then... It's okay. It's just Mm. touch is fine. But it's so powerful. Just a simple thing that is so practiced in the tantra world, Mm. but so hard to do in the outside world because it's conditioning-wise, it's not acceptable. Like you don't do a long hug to a friend, let's say, especially if it's of the other sex, Mm. right? Or at least it's not acceptable very commonly. To make our conversation a little bit more real for people that are still operating in the real world, Mm. including myself. And not in the real world. I, I probably shouldn't say that, but operating in the world which has a lot of social stigma, let's just call Mm. it that. It's not the real world, but it's the world where we are concerned about the world around us or people around us or how we are perceived. The judgment, yeah. Yeah, We haven't transcended like you where we still feel we are being judged or trying to not judge ourselves, let's say, Mm. in a way. So uh, the bulk of my clients are very powerful women. They're very busy and they're very much in their masculine. So what I get them to do is to love themselves. And there's many ways to love yourself. I like to do it with the shaft method. Mm -hmm. Let's paint a little picture of people who are stressed. 
Now, a lot of people would come home, watch Netflix, eat ice cream, go to sleep. That's relaxation. I'm more into some kind of somatic connection. You could begin by doing the I love you three-minute hug meditation. So it looks like a meditation where you visualize somebody you love, something that makes you feel the somatic feeling in your chest of unconditional love. It could be your puppy, it could be your child, it could be the sun rising or something that puts you in awe and gratitude and self-love, um, love. Unconditional love is a very specific type. And imagine yourself like, I am man having this beautiful arc reactor of unlimited energy, which is unconditional love. And it starts to expand across your chest and you start saying to yourself, and it's going to feel weird, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you so much. I love you so much. And it's so easy to give our dogs that, our pets that, but it's very hard to give our bodies that. So that in itself, a three-minute love hug is something. It's something better than nothing. Now, if you want to take it to the next level, have a, an hour spare and run a bath, put on a beautiful tantric playlist and have amazing candles everywhere and put on some uh, nice scents and things like that. Have a massive mirror. Get naked and then look at yourself. Look at your whole body. Look at the vessel that you've created and start to accept yourself, forgive yourself and love yourself physically by making love to yourself. And it's again, it's going to feel weird. I love you. I love you. And start kissing your body. I've done this and it is weird. But here's an interesting thing that happened. I did this practice by myself, looked into the mirror, and my therapist, the fairy one, she said, make love to yourself, look in the mirror until you meet your inner feminine. I'm a guy, so my inner feminine. If you're a woman, it's your inner masculine. And then once you meet her, you're going to take him out of the mirror and you're going to make love to yourself, masturbate. I was like, mm. this is weird, unusual, I don't get it, but I'll do it because I'm paying you. <laughs> Whatever it takes. So I did this exercise. I looked... And looked, 20 minutes have passed, I'm bored. The only time I look at myself in the mirror is when I'm shaving. That's it, mm -hmm. seven minutes to shave. And I did this exercise and I gave up. I was like, oh, I give up. And when I closed my eyes, I saw these cat-like eyes. And I was like, oh, there she is. And I started looking in the mirror and then I started tripping. Mm -hmm. Sober. And then I saw this cat-like, ethereal, porcelain-like goddess with giant angel wings. And I took her out of a mirror and I started making love to myself. No porn, no visual stimulation. It's like a sensation-based practice and visualization. And there's no limitation of gravity or anything like that. So I was in this beautiful cloud. The sun's going down. It's golden, pink, purple. And we're flying through the clouds making love in the most incredible way. And when I finally ejaculate, I feel this, just loads of air coming out of it. Back then, I didn't know what a crown chakra was. I just felt a lot of sensation here. And the first thing uh, my body said to me, my subconscious was, I will never watch porn again. And that was <coughs> my journey into the tantric path of physical sensations. You could read about it, you could watch videos about it, but if you actually do it and do 
physical things, that is a somatic connection of your heart, of unconditional love and feel things in your body, then you'll feel something. And this echoed into every part of my life. The first part of just loving your body or mm. looking at your body, not from a place of judgment, but a place of just unconditional love, yeah. I think is so powerful. That's an exercise I actually do every day, mm. every day in the morning or whenever I get a chance. Sometimes I don't get a chance in the morning because I got two kids yes. running around. So sometimes it's in the afternoon, but whatever, I get a chance every single day. I remember to express gratitude for mm. my body, for having me even have this experience of life because that's my physical being actually having the experience mm. of the life. My spiritual being is contained within this physical being for me to experience and know of that I'm having an experience at any time. And it started that not in context of tantra per se, but in context of well-being and health mm. overall. Because a few years ago, I had a moment of insight because of my kids where I realized how unhealthy I had become as a person just because of the chase, you know, the chase and the rat race and mm. things that I wanted to do, but I never really prioritized something that actually helps me do everything, which is my body. And that moment of realization got me to a practice of going back into my body and really recognizing that this body is the physical container of everything. Yeah. And one of the practices that were paramount to the success of where I am now, which I feel incredibly more healthy, incredibly more energetic. I get to live my life a lot more beautifully than I was living, say, two years ago. And one of the key practices in that is the second step of that is to express gratitude to your body every single day and to love your body every single yeah. day. I haven't taken all the way to the tantra practice that you mentioned, but at least the first part I can say was fundamental to my personal growth in the recent years is one of those things that I absolutely recommend everybody do and absolutely try what the chef method suggests I would do as well. Well, I have a mantra after spending one year and eight months just every day in tantric communities doing these very strict tantric practices, spending £30,000 on my tantric training and my certifications and learning with the best gurus on the planet around yoni de-armoring, yoni massage, getting my certifications on becoming a, a master yoni masseuse and energy orgasms, the whole thing. I left with one simple mantra. It's three parts, which is, I love my life. Mm -hmm. I love my body. Mm -hmm. I love myself. Mm. And Peter Kell from the guy that we know, he said, you want to add another piece, which is, and I love making 10 grand a day. <laughs> I was like, that's a missing piece. Yeah. <laughs> I'm becoming an entrepreneur now. Yeah. So yeah, that mantra for me changed everything. And to this day, I have my malas. When I wake up, I pick it up and go, I love my life, I love my body, I love myself, I love my life, I love my body, I love myself. And that basically means to love your life, love what you do every day so you never have to work another day in your life. You get paid to be yourself and that's amazing. Loving your body and learning to unlock its infinite potential. Every single one of us, including men, are multi-orgasmic. I mean, I could hold my breath for four minutes. Like, there's so many things you could do with your body, it's amazing. And I love myself, the hardest part, and that's why I left it till last. It's... Um, to love, to find inner peace every day and know that you are enough. So it's mm -hmm. just being okay with yourself. So that is what I have to say every day. So let's go into the far end of the mm -hmm. spectrum. And that's the most popular part of Tantra. Is that's why we use it to hook people in. Yeah. You come for the sex, you leave enlightened. Yeah. And this is also where I want to lean into, you said your enlightenment burnout. I think that's yeah. what you call it. Yeah. So let's lean into that a little bit. What happened? So you were in the stage of your life where you said, 
I feel Tantra is my way. I'm going to go study this stuff. And you studied this stuff. And at some point you felt burnt out by it. Was it Tantra or was it something? It was my job. Overachiever, worked in advertising. You're really, you're at the highest level. Working at Saatchi and Saatchi, Fox TV, working on Coca-Cola. Like you are a perfectionist. You have to do things to the best. Now that echoes into the enlightenment race. Now, when you burn out, it's going to be hard to get away the whole identity. But there's habits and traits of an overachiever that carries on into, oh, I wonder what I'll look into. Mindfulness, yoga, breath work. Oh, ayahuasca. Oh, iboga. What else is there? Buffo. Oh, and now there's these teacher trainings. I'm going to do a teacher training. Oh, I can make some money from this maybe. Oh, I got to run some retreats. I got to do workshops. The race is beginning. You went there to heal yourself and you ended up trying to find a way to make money from it. And you leave your old job. It's like, okay, I I left this, do this. Now you have to find your twin flame, become polyamorous. Eventually, the last thing you hear is Tantra. Mm -hmm. And when I heard that, I was like, that's the first thing I want to do. Mm -hmm. And you climb up this enlightenment race. You have to start ticking up boxes. You got to now buy land. You got to like build a community, a retreat center. You got to get certified, have your free giveaway, build a website, online course. It's a lot harder. And then you have to have global impact. So I became the world's best yoni masseuse. The Vice documentary exploded my career as a tantric practitioner. And a lot of people would have sessions. And when you want to help people, you can't stop but help people. You stop taking care of yourself. You you become a rescuer. You become the Shiva in shining armor. And you want to help as many people as you can. I didn't do any self-care during that period. 2017 was when I had my burnout giving too many yoni massages. So I do a thing called yoni dearmoring, where you release the trauma inside of the yoni. And I have my website, so it's very clear what I have. Back then, it was the most looked at website, sacredsexualawakening.com, because it's so beautifully done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I used again all of that to create a beautiful, aesthetically pleasing website. I had my lead magnet, which was the Vice video, and mm-hmm. I was a product. Mm-hmm. There's only so many yoni massages you could give a day. Mm-hmm. I was giving free a day. And my sessions were from two hours to five hours. Wow. Yeah. It's a long session. It's a really long session. It's like a shamanic healing. It's like a trigger point release inside the pelvic bowl, releasing the traumas, the stories, and like it's it's a lot of tears, a lot of rage, and a lot of anger from all the pain and suffering men has caused to women. It's a lot of space to hold. From there, I actually developed a little crack in my neck. After the dearming, they want to actually experience pleasure. And a lot of women can squirt. So they've heard, I want to become multi-orgasmic. I want to have cervical orgasms. I want to have this because the trauma's gone. And it's like, I got this new body. I got this glowing yoni. What do I do with this? It's like, okay, here's a bunch of things you could do. Squirting was a lot of the times a a big request back then. And I used to do this move called the Anubis, Mm -hmm. (laughs) where I would stimulate the whole of the outside of a clitoris, the outer labias, the... G-spot, A-spot, A-spot's the best spot, and the cervix. And I would stimulate all of that using my whole body. Mm -hmm. And from doing this over and over again for years, 
a tiny little crack appeared and then mm-hmm. a, a tiny little pain appeared, tiny little pain appeared. And then the pain just went across my body. I just ignored it. I was like, I'll be fine. I ignored it and the pain turned into so much pain that I couldn't move. I couldn't move my body anymore. I couldn't work. My whole identity mm-hmm. was my job, my purpose to help mm-hmm. as many people on the planet as possible. I called it finding world peace through intimacy. Mm-hmm. So that mission gone, identity gone. The body was utilized to help as many people. Purpose gone. I'm a man. Purpose is everything. Um, can't make love anymore to my mm-hmm. partner. I can't dance. Dancing is my favorite thing. I channel Shiva when I dance. Mm-hmm. Can't do that anymore. So that was a far worse burnout than the first one, which was just overcoming drunk and drugs and mental illness. This mm-hmm. was physical pain. Doctors couldn't help. Nothing could help. NHS, nothing. I just listened to a lot of spiritual people as well. And they said, you need to rest. It's on the right side. Heal the connection with your father. I'm like, I healed the connection with my father. It's still painful. Mm. In the end, like by that time, I, I've lost all my confidence. I don't know who I am anymore. But a little bit of ice three times a day here cured it within two mm. weeks. It took me like three years to figure that out. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just reclaiming back my body. It was only a couple of years ago I got my body back, mm-hmm. 2017 to a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And now I can figure things out. Mm-hmm. I realize there's a huge block about <clears throat> becoming successful. My body would burn out every time I hit a certain level of income. So I had to overcome this to know that body, it's safe. You're not going to burn out anymore. You know how to regulate your nervous system. If you do too much, go to the spa. <laughs> Spend mm-hmm. a day relaxing. You don't have to keep on going. Hydrate. Go to the gym. Have lots of cuddles. Make sure you're connecting with humans. Make sure your cup is being filled. Make sure you have a holiday. Your work is your life, but you need to have a break from that as well. Sleep. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Make sure you sleep. Don't do lucid dreaming and astral projection all the time. Like enjoy food, have dessert. So I learned how to be okay with myself, but I also learned how to receive and I healed the body. And now I've overcome so much pain in my body. I figured out a lot of stuff. Like intermittent mm-hmm. fasting is amazing. I used to have spots all over my face. Just skip breakfast and just have a coffee. So easy. Mm-hmm. I've got really great nails, no white bits or anything. So yeah, hair's great as well. So I learned a lot of things through the pain. And now I'm in a new race. And this is why I'm here. The impact race. Mm. Taking what you learned from the rat race and the spiritual awakenings. And how can you help billions of people? Mm. How can you serve billions of people? How can we utilize these forms of media to get wellness and meditation and very esoteric, simple, but yet simple, tantric practices to millions of people. And that's what I want to do with my reality TV show, The Shaft Show. Mm -hmm. If I could give all the tools that I've learned, which are so basic for free in every single episode and show people going through these transformations, then I could educate and entertain people to be themselves. And they could do it at home. It's like step by step. Like the brain I have from advertising to take big ideas and human psychology and self-fear and give you something that you don't want. How about I sell self-love? How about Mm. I sell something that could heal and help a lot of people overcome mental illness and addiction? That's the mission. Beautiful. 
I think that's a beautiful mission to have. And I'm so proud that you've done the journey and that you are going through this experience of creating the next version of the Shaft show or however it may manifest in the world. If we were to give one thing for, or one technique, say from the Tantra book of techniques, what would that be for somebody who says looking for everyday confidence in their ability to transform lives? The one thing that will help regulate your nervous system, help you live forever, is my mindful masturbation technique. Every tantrika has a pussy practice or penis practice. So this is my semen retention practice. Mm. I'm only going to be ejaculating once this year. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing this stuff for nine years. And the benefits of semen retention is huge. Mm-hmm. Like, think and grow rich, Napoleon Hill. I think it's uh, chapter 13, he talks about okay. sexual transmutation. Mm-hmm. Now, that's how effective this simple self-pleasure practice is. And I'm going to go really, really quick. And it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, it's for yeah, everybody. Yeah, it both, right. Yeah, yeah exactly. So you connect to your heart, you visualize it connecting to the earth, you bring all that kundalini energy into your body whilst masturbating. And you visualize yourself coming into your higher self. Then you go into the great galactic universe and you make love to your my inner feminine, woman, inner masculine. And you bring all that energy into your crown. So as above, so below, merging in your heart whilst generating sexual energy, And I like to have three orgasms in the morning. It's only an eight-minute practice. And then you release that energy in a mudra. And I get up on my knees and I release it. And then I lie in savasana for the end. And it's just eight minutes to the Lakshmi mantra. (laughs) That's the shaft method. (laughs) Okay, awesome. So to know more about your work is to go to sacredsexualawakening.com, right? That's the website that you have. And that has potentially the techniques, but you're definitely very active on YouTube by now. And you give away tons of techniques there. And of course, you could go to the website to find more stuff and And also to learn more about. So what's your Instagram again? Um, At Shaft Udin. Instagram and YouTube. At Shaft Udin. Udin. U-D-I-N. Just one word, right? Yeah. Cool. Okay, so at Shaftodin, we'll, we'll find it, link it up below in the show notes, your YouTube channel, your website. And let's figure out whatever that is that you're being called to because there's so much content that you put out that is out there in the world for people to experience. I would say the check Netflix out all of Tantra, that. I call it now. Yeah. <laughs> it's I, like the Netflix I, I want to yeah. actually create the largest collection of tantric knowledge created by one guy because I'm a content creator. I've got nine years and a billion workshops inside of me. I can walk into a room now and just activate a whole room just like that. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. Well, thank you so much for taking the time, Shaft. It was fantastic talking to you. We would cover only a little bit of ground, but whatever we did, I think was fun. It was super fun. Thank you so much. I love my life. I love my body. I love myself. And I love making 10 grand a day. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you.